everyone and welcome back to Corporate Heart of Africa. Um, your host, Abisola. Rebecca, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Happy Easter, everyone. So by the time you hear this, it'll be past Easter. But let's just pretend the whole month of April is Easter, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's just pretend. Yeah. Um, I'm actually at my mum's um, in London. And um, we, well, I live in a town called Luton. So we always try to come for the holidays in London just to, you know, relax. And when I'm at my mom's, I just do nothing. I literally do nothing. Even doing this podcast just today feels a bit like work. But I needed to do it because, you know, we have a very exciting guest today. So I was not going to miss it. It was going to add an extra spice to my Easter. Mm, mm. So how has your Easter been, Rebecca? Um, Great, actually, because... um... I mean, it's not like it used to be, but I think that last year already prepared us for this year because normally people will be at my family's, you know. Uh, Lagos, oh, you're talking about love, COVID. Lagos, yeah, Lagos, we love to party, but uh, with COVID, because we couldn't do, um, we couldn't celebrate as much as we would normally do. Okay, so let's get on to the business for today, really. And I think I just want to invite our guest on. One of the key things that we're really big on here is bringing professionals on here. And most importantly, professionals based in Africa and bringing them on here to talk about their journey, their life, their work and what they do, right? So on, on, on this episode of Corporate Heart of Africa, he's um, a teacher <laughs> and he teaches in the northern part of Nigeria. Our guest for this episode, Mr. Ola Sukumi Okwefa. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm glad to be here. I, I'm sure I did better than Stephen Fry. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Far better than him. <laughs> when, I, when I listened to that, I was like, ooh, that, took him, that probably took everything in him with this name. You, you know, you wouldn't blame him too anyway. He had to do a sort of rehearsal of that name before he could get to the little he got. He tried. Um, well, welcome. How are you? I'm fine. Okay, so let's just get started. You know, I want, I would love for you to just introduce yourself to uh, everyone listening, if you don't mind. Mm. <laughs> I am Ola Sukomi Okwaifa. I work with the FCC Secondary Education Board. So I'm a teacher. I teach English language. Uh, okay, with all sense of humility and responsibility, I'm an award-winning teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, significance of my award, uh, the Multina Teacher of the Year 2018, that is the best teacher in Nigeria in 2018, and one of the top 10 finalists at the Global Teacher Prize organized by the Bucket Foundation in the UK. Yeah. Well, I use entertainment in my classroom, I teach well, I enjoy my class, I enjoy my lessons. I get to know a lot of things about me in the course of the conversation. You teach English, right? Yes, I do. Do you do English literature as well, just a language? No, the language. Oh, okay. At senior secondary school, that's a subject on its own. Okay, all right. That's interesting. Um, I studied English, but if my English teacher saw me, she'd wow. still, still be disappointed. No, actually, no, I did it for a long <laughs> I did drama as well. And with drama, there's a bit of literature that you have to do to do all the Shakespearean stuff. Yeah, all the stuff. But yeah. Experience but no. <laughs> oh, Miss Alpha. 
what were your early days like did you did you always want you always wanted to be a teacher or was it just a thing of you know what let me just get into this career as i cannot get another job why would you say i cannot get another job yeah thank you (laughs) yeah because you know in in, in nigeria it's it's like a thing that oh okay i can't get into another profession you know what i might as well just become a teacher or something so of course growing up i'm sure yeah you always wanted to be a teacher um, since you were eight but did you ever decide to change your career at any point was it because you couldn't get another job that you decided you know what i might as well just go back to I the understand. job i've always wanted to do okay understand. yeah that's the reality in nigeria anyway most teachers they say 70 to 80 percent of them are in the job because they could not get other jobs and then they feel like okay let me do this one for the meantime but my case is not like that i chose to be a teacher when i was very young primary two primary three age eight and i never wavered uh i never wavered i chose to remain in the job and interestingly while i was in the university my first year i started volunteering in a pre-tutorial center around lagos so i use the time to build myself because I knew that that was what I was going for. And so I've not changed my mind. I never changed my mind at any time. And mm-hmm. it's been an interesting one anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the things that I thought I really wanted to ask you that we that was burning for me is um, even here in the UK, there are a lot of challenges when it comes to teaching. You know, um, I've got a five-year-old and trust me, when I go to my daughter's teaching thing and they tell me this, I just feel like, oh my God, what, what are you saying about my daughter? You know, there's so many challenges. And you just think about somewhere like Nigeria, what, what are some of the challenges that you think you, you face as a teacher? There are a lot of challenges in Nigeria here. Let's talk about the dichotomy, the, the, the large difference between the private school and the public school. Probably you can say in private school, we can say they're having some level of education. In most public schools, especially when I was a student, when I was just growing up, I can say we went to school, we never had education. And we still have the same thing in some areas. Yeah, things are changing. A lot of young people are coming in and then they are bridging the gap now. There are a lot of things that are happening. Yes, a lot of NGOs are coming and then they are trying to do a lot to leverage or to, take, uh, to push away this disadvantage. Or we have at a disadvantage. And then population is another thing in the public school. A class, the normal standard is senior secondary school should be 3540, if I'm correct. But here you see a class. I was having a 21 day, and somebody told me that they had like 200 in a class. I mean, uh-huh. can you imagine how can you cope as a teacher? 200. I mean, I 200, honestly. I was having a training, and I said, well, Using this particular product, you cannot have more than 200 students, so you can just upload about 150. Said no, we had more than 200 in their class. I mean, it wasn't something like I just asked. A situation led to that, and they had to tell me. So overpopulation, I mean, class congestion is a big problem. We have 60, we have 70, we have 100. Well, luckily, I've always been teaching in a school with the, I think the highest I've ever taught has been maybe 70. I mean, when I had 200, I was like, wow. So we have overpopulation, yeah. Even 70, do you know all of them? 70, I mean, that's the silly problem. I mean, when I was complaining about population then, so if you had asked me this question from years ago, I would have said 70. I mean, I felt I had the largest. Wow. Until I had 200, and they were like, wow, you mean in this country? So overpopulation is a major problem. And mm-hmm. then outdated curriculum is another thing. 
this curriculum we are using now, we inherited it from the white, the British. Now we are still using the same thing. The society has moved forward. However, our education, our curriculum is still telling us that Mongopa discovered River Niger. Is still telling us that we have nine planets. Is it telling us that we have, I mean, some very backward stuff in the classroom, and then we still take them like that as part of knowledge. I mean, you can imagine a teacher teaching you that, okay, one minus three is impossible in primary schools. And you get, just for them to tell you that when you go to secondary school, it will be different. And you go to secondary school, I tell you it's minus two. And you are confused. You know, why would my teacher tell me it's mm -hmm. different here now? And I mean, it's difficult now. And then if you can tell you another thing, I mean, that confusion with curriculum and some other things like that about curriculum. Talk of lack of manpower in not teachers in the classroom. Of course, where we have 70, this is a case where we're supposed to have 35 to one teacher. Now we have like two classes or three classes now. To one teacher in school no. here we have teachers like when i went to school we have our main teacher and then we'll have a teaching assistant but the teaching assistant is not the teacher but they will mm, aid the yeah. teacher. so do you it's have a, a teaching assistant on ground for these big classes no oh. no and except in some major big private schools i mean standard private schools in nigeria then you probably must be talking about assistant teachers but in most schools, including private and public, we don't have assistant teacher. You are the subject teacher, you teach your subject, pass your script, you want to can mark, you mark. The ones you cannot mark, you commit them to the almighty girl to take care. Ah. <laughs> of course, you won't you will kill yourself. What will you do? You are marking 120 and you are sitting. Okay, imagine as an English teacher, I teach every day and I need to assist my students every day. I must devise a means of assessing them or else the student will not get access, they won't get feedback. So there are always different things that we do. Some of us are choose to the difference in our own way there are things mm. that we do to um, just take care of this situation when i looked at some of your material you said that there's a challenge could you teach up north you were saying that some of the children or the people up north they don't really believe in education greatly as well like do you face that as well yes i that's a reality no and then this problem is no longer even in the north now i think it's becoming the general problem in nigeria because we have lost the value for education now, those who have gone to school cannot come back to produce success, especially financial success, because the value now has shifted to that. Now, you go to school, you have two and you have first class, and you, can't, you have nothing to show for it. Now, so many rich people, check, let's look at the, uh, the um, entertainment industry. Some of them are dropped out of school, and they are like mentors and role models of our young ones today now. So those ones look at it like, okay, what's the sense of education? Now, it's not only uh, the problem of the not alone. Now it's becoming a general problem in the mm. country. You hear things like who school help, who uh, school has come, and things wow. like that. Mm -mm. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this is really an interesting one because I think that I have this kind of experience of when I served during my NYC in your states where I had to teach over 200 girls how to use computers. Another difficulty that I had at the time was that we couldn't even use the computers because they were just locked up in the library and in the computer science hall because they didn't want the students to spoil the computers and all of that. But with all of these struggles and that, do you think that the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal 4, which is ensuring inclusive and equitable quality education and promoting lifelong learning opportunities learning. for all is still possible even in the face of COVID-19. I mean, 
I had issues um, thinking, okay, this is actually achievable before COVID. Now that COVID is here, do you think that this is still achievable? Well, it is achievable. I am an optimistic person. I, I tend to look at things from the positive perspective, even though in the reality, we may see a lot of challenges. Yes, quite right. But to a very large extent, we can still achieve something. We can still, we may not get to where we want to go, but we will not remain in the same place. And COVID-19, to an extent, is really an advantage in itself. Well, it's a big disadvantage, but to a very large extent, has made us to see one of the targets of the SDG4, that the uh, use of technology in the classroom. Suddenly, all teachers or most teachers need to just be relevant, and then they need to know how to use different technological devices. So to a very large extent, we have achieved one of the targets in a very huge rate because of COVID-19. So many teachers went online and the rest, and then they learned one or two things. Last year, I was able to train about 3,000 teachers on how to use Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, Excel, and some other free trainings I had. And so many teachers had interest. To a very large extent, something has been added to them. So, and that is an advancement in one of the targets of SDG4. So to an, to, a, to an extent, I can say, yes, COVID-19 here or the lockdown has played a good role to make people use the other side of education. Mm. And that's open our eyes to see that, yes, another lockdown may come. Are we going to still allow our education to be locked down this way? If I see so many schools now using blended learning, so many parents yeah. buying extra devices for their children at home to learn. Mm. So I still believe that some of us, some of us who are committed to this, and a lot of, and not only of our now, so many young teachers in Nigeria, when I say young, now below 40 in Nigeria, are willing to push beyond the, the barrier. Yeah. And yes, we may not achieve the, the goal fully, but would have pushed something, would have made some significant impact. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, that's really been optimistic. And yeah, yeah. To me, it just sounds like the individuals are just, they're, they're building the nations themselves. Because I, for me, individual, yes. Because for me here, to even become a teacher here, you have to do a lot of training. You have to do a lot of training. There's always teachers training day. Like a teacher that does, a teacher that doesn't know certain things to me, like some of the things you're saying, it's a bit peculiar because the teacher, because even when I went to school, you know, I'm still young, but back in the day, everything was digitalized to an extent. So Mm. The, the bit the bit that I want to bring into this is that even here in the UK, we are struggling. Like parents now have become teachers. Like me, okay, I have a five-year-old. I know it's not the same as somebody that's teaching somebody that's 15 years old. But a lot of us have become parents, you know. So schools are like 50% online, 50% offline, right? And yeah, what I've come to learn, and just what you said is, as a parent right now, I'm just thinking to myself, if I want my daughter to be good at school, I need to be doing a lot of teaching because the way they do it now is that they give us so much materials. Oh my God, we have about six different platforms that we can put our children on to learn. But for me, I feel like that's not enough. I want a traditional teacher. I want a mm. traditional teacher. So I just wanted to get your opinion. What are the advice that you can give to the parents or um, people that just want to get their children into learning again during this pandemic? Well, it's a big reality. Yes, that's the reality now. Parents are now becoming 
teachers because of course that is the only thing. I mean, I remember when my children's teacher would send their notes and I would need to sit and write history notes, copy this, do this. Now, the only thing is we need to really define our education or get the reality of education. I think it was John David that said that education is not preparation for life. Education is life itself. So I think there shouldn't be anything called formal or informal education anymore now. Everything is now become has been blended inside one now. So parents just need to just be on their game now to be teachers. Yes, if you now want traditional teachers to also support, well, I think one of the things we can do is just to leverage on technology. Let's use, use technology as an advantage now. I know so many teachers in Nigeria now are teaching online. Well, if that's what we can afford, I think that is just one of the ways of doing it. Parents too, to a very large extent, go online. So many teachers now are online. They are teaching, they have their content online, YouTube, Facebook, and the rest. Well, for now, that is what has been dropped at our feet, and we just need to accept it that way. For parents, wake up. But unfortunately, parents that are not literate, well, we may not be able to help them yeah, at this that's, point. That's... But I hope very soon and soonest. Yeah, yeah, that's my struggle. I think we, we a lot of us we think that everybody's that digitally inclined and they're not. And I strongly believe that we need to understand that not everybody's into the into this digital world. And even me as a parent, online is not gonna cut it for me. It's really not. And I, I'm I'm even having to pay for extra tuition for my daughter now because all these online things, yeah, it's good. It's all fun and games, but it, it, it should just add to it. It should not be the main thing. But the way things have been going in the past couple of months, they literally come online for five minutes, talk to the children, and then they say, go on this, go on that, go on this. I'm like, no, this is not going to work. Well, well, we can't just help it for now. I think that's just the reality. Except yeah. well, where there's no longer lockdown, where you can trust the person coming into your house that the person is not carrying the virus, then we can. So parents should just wake up to do more. Parents should just be there to explain more. And yeah. I think if this is the world we are going to live in, we just need to accept it. Yeah. And the students should be more engaging online and then physically too. Okay, that's cool. So, do you know what we're going to do? I want to ask you a very a funny question. I actually, we were talking about this in front of my five years old, and I was saying to Rebecca, we need to ask, do teachers still beat children in Nigeria? Do they still do these, because um, my mom should tell you that you get flogged, <laughs> you get flogged, they will pin you, they will, they will put you out in front of this chain. I'm just like, oh, come on, you can't be doing that anymore. Like, what, what are your experiences of that, your thoughts on that? <laughs> Rebecca, did you get uh, Yeah, because, you know, I just think about it. If Nigerian teachers don't flog, will they be able to pass down the information they're really trying to pass down? Uh-uh. It's like, no, really. Because you need to think about it. Parents, look, look, listen, listen now. Parents flog, and that's the only way that they communicate. So now, then, when you send a child to school and you're trying to talk to the child, you know, in a very civilized way and if not try that here. The, child is looking at here. the child is looking at you like have you not learned from my mommy and my daddy when they are talking to me they have to flog me first you know so it's like you can't but i, I think i'll just let mr um Okwefa <laughs> answer answer the question no yeah that's fine taking it from where rebecca dropped it now that's the truth is 
parents flog, then it continues in the classroom. Or probably we flog in the classroom, we achieve quote unquote some results. Then parents feel, okay, this is the way out, and then the flogging continues. But do you know, interestingly, it's not the best. There's a debate going on now in Nigeria among the educators now that flogging is not good, it's not the right way to go in education, and that is the truth. Yes, I've flogged before. After flogging, I don't flog. Even my children, I can't remember the last time I flogged them. Of course, oh. I can't. And we, we, need to, we need to just redefine certain things. I was a victim of all these things. I mean, some teachers just derive joy in just slashing this thing on your back, asking you to lie down. Public school, for that matter, I mean, public school interesting anyway. Not probably not common in private school. You just have to lie down and then you'll be flogged and then you get home to your parents. I mean, I had a father, I have a father who will who would dance first before flogging you. Uh, and you can imagine the psychological trauma, even, oh, don't worry, you have to let us that one now. I mean, you want to flog you, both of us think some war song and then dance around the house and then come and give it the good cane on your body. But you know, if not for God, I mean, some of us should not become human beings at the end of the day because the way we have flogged, I mean, you, you call me a human being, you flog me. An animal, a goat, you come to the compound to eat your cassava and you still flog the animal. What have you planted in my brain. I think you are telling me that I'm not different from that animal. I mean, yeah. it, took, it took God for some of us to just become what we are today. I mean, we have to do a lot of psychological work, prayer and the rest to be sane. Now, coming to our classroom, sincerely, it's not the best. It's a very cheap way of achieving results. Yes, you can instill fear easily. They see you coming, Mr. Papa is coming, he can flog it out of you. Then they adjust, they sit down. You are killing their creativity. You are killing their critical thinking ability. They will they be afraid of asking you why and asking you any other question. And if a student cannot ask why in your classroom, then why are you teaching them? You have killed them, you have killed some things in them. I even tell them to compare. You know, thank God you are in the UK there and you can compare this. Twenty years now, let's say twenty years now, students that have been off for the past twenty years and the ones that were flogged twenty years now, let's compare their results. I think we can see it clearly now. We've been flogging in Nigeria now for how many years? And in the UK, I think flogging stopped. Long, long before now. If they have, they were I, didn't, I didn't even know the like me, like listen. I hate it. Listen, is there anybody listen, even if a teacher talks to you in too many ways, it's a problem or like oh yes. even, do you know what? One time as an immigrant child, one of my teacher threw a book at me. And that time I was like, I remember everybody was like, but because I just didn't want problem and my, we just moved into the country and I, and I know my mom was just adjusting to life in the UK. I didn't want to bring the drama. But I remember a lot of the children, they were like, oh my God, Miss just threw a book. The book didn't even hit me. Do you understand? The book didn't even hit me. She just threw the mm. book. It landed on, she just, she just threw it in the air. But the fact that she did, you know, she made that movement, everybody, people were going to the head teacher. Oh my God. Like, and then, and then even one time, one of our teachers, because I went to a Catholic school, it was a college, and the Catholic teacher, we had mass, yeah? Nobody would go. We would all just go to our lunch. We would not go. So she tricked us, and she tricked us to that to come for assembly. They gave us drink. They gave us food. And before you know it, we had a mass, and these people were talking about abortion or how abortion is not good, you know, because they're giving us sex education, that kind of stuff. Parents came the next day, were complaining. How dare you? How dare you make our children sit through mass? Just because this is a Catholic school, it doesn't mean our children want to hear this. Well, like, no, you just don't do it here. Just don't do it. Hmm. <laughs> but um, 
I can actually say you've both been flogged. <laughs> actually, with three of us, I be, I remember studying in Nigeria and I got flogged, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so everybody yeah. gets flogged. But do you yeah, do you see the do you see them actually making it as a rule to say stop doing this? What do you think? No, it's a rule now in a way. I think that what that's what's called side rights or something, where you don't flog. Yes, that is, I think that's a standing rule now or law. Mm. Where teachers are not supposed to flog. And where you need to flog, it should be supervised. And flogging should be the last resort, not just uh, the student of any class and then go as fast the way it is. Yes, it is. However, is the implementation and the practice actually difficult? As I said earlier, it's easier to achieve results with flogging. You come to class with your cane and then the students will sit upright, you teach them peacefully and you go your way. But that's selfish on the part of the teacher. But so I believe gradually with proper education. And you know, the problem with flogging is still the, the religion. I think the two major religions in the country still believe in flogging. I mean, we, I think we have Sharia law now that actually believe in flogging the offenders. And then we have a part of the Bible that says, do not spare the rod or else you will spoil the child. So some people still hold on to that one literally. As once, but gradually, some of us are getting, I mean, I just got baptized with that reality that I don't need to flog my children. I don't need to flog my students actually, before they learn the right thing. Actually, because, you know, I don't know if when you become a parent, you have these parent books that you read. I would actually disagree that it's not. A, well, yeah, the religious part, but I've seen some of these parenting books and they actually say it's OK to like, you know, you know, on the wrist of the hand, just, you know, give a little cheeky slap, you know. Not for children, maybe zero to five. Then after five, you need to start communicating with them. Because even me, when I come to think of it, if you're going to flog a child just for them to, to just sit upright, that's not good. I feel like school should be a place that you go to and you feel so safe. If you don't feel safe and you don't feel like you can talk to your teacher and relate with your teacher in school, then Jesus, like the world is really scary. Like school should be, where your mother, you know, where your, I don't know, where you feel good, you know? That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. Mr. Okwenfa, you and I know how education is now with the curriculum, the school schedule, and all of the information that you're going to school to learn readily available on the internet. I disagree. Well, I think that that is true to an extent because um, aside from you needing teachers to babysit your children, there is nothing that your child wants to learn from class that cannot be learned from the internet. So yeah. do you think that the curriculum that we have now still serves education? One, do you also think that education, do you think that teachers will still be needed in the next 10 to 20 years with the way the internet is going with education okay yes the, well let's start from the curriculum the curriculum we have now in nigeria needs to be totally overhauled from the content we have on the internet now and uh, compared to our curriculum and from the reality of global citizenship i think uh, we need to redefine some a lot of things in our curriculum because Gradually now, whatever you learn in UK now should be what I'm learning in Nigeria, should be what they're learning in France and all over the world because we are going to be having one market very soon. Now, we are even have one market now. Amazon is selling for everyone here now. So that's one the curriculum needs to just be, be revisited and we need to work on things that we need now. So on the other side, talking about teachers, well, teachers' role 
cannot uh, be thrown away. Teachers will still be needed. Those who will put the content online are teachers. Those who will create the content, those who will teach online are teachers also. Content creators, as, as they are now, cannot take over our role. Social media influencers cannot take over our role. It's still teachers. Mm -hmm. But I think the reality is that um, it's only teachers that can use this stuff, this gadget, this technological tools are the ones that will be relevant in the next 10 to, to 20 years. All these uh, mongo packs, they are born before computer teachers or those who, are, those who refuse to learn and grow with changes in the environment in our community around us now will soon lose their job. And that's one I'm very sure. I can, I can imagine if this lockdown had persisted and we all have to just go online. I mean, some teachers would just need to just give up. I mean, you can imagine now, okay, we're having a meeting now and then you have to join a meeting in your office or else you lose your job and you cannot join from your school. I think you need to, you just lose the job. So I think teachers just need to upgrade themselves and it will be relevant in the next 10, 20 years. And the yeah. curriculum just need to be revisited. Yeah, and I would love to add to that. And I think we should talk about it a bit more. And when you say UK, US, I don't know. Okay, maybe I'm just in la-la land. I just believe that yes, the education system in Africa and Nigeria needs to be changed, you know, away from the colonial time. But at the same time, I think we need to, we need to celebrate our own things and just make the teaching, yes, to meet national, you know, international standards, but also more localized to learn about what we have and what we do. No, yeah, you're correct. Not that we need to learn what we learn in France. No. Yeah, there are general things that we just, there are stuff like uh, in the sciences, in technology, they are uniform. Yeah. But yeah. our culture, of course, we can't throw our culture away. We need to localize more in that area. But while we are still acting uh, locally, we can be thinking globally at the same time. Mm. Yes, we can, I can. I can sell my culture to you over there. Yes, my local culture, quite all right, but I can make it a global thing for the entire world to see. Yeah. I use reggae, I use Afrobeat, I use um, what do you call all these small songs around me now in Nigeria to teach in my classroom. These are songs by local Nigerians. However, if I want to teach anywhere in the world, I can still use this and promote the culture of music in Nigeria. I can use Akpala to teach in my classroom. And you ask me to come and teach oral English, I can use it to teach you. And this is what I have, I, can, I want to market. The way you use Gary over there, Yes, you can see my gallery is local, but it can still go international. Mm, okay, interestingly, let's relax a bit. So when you say, and I and I I saw on the on the promotional mm. video as well for the Globe Teachers Global Prize, we'll talk about that in a bit. But when you say you use local music, local dance, I saw some of your students doing Bessé Bessé. Like, how do yeah. you do it? Like, <laughs> can you just give us an example of how it, it happened? It's just them relating what they learn every day. The reality of their environment, the reality of what you see on television to the classroom. If you don't, I just said it earlier now, education is not preparing them for a life yet unseen. Education is life itself. So what are they used to? I think another quote from, I've forgotten the person that if you cannot teach them, if, you, uh, if, you teach them, if they cannot learn the way you teach, then teach them the way they learn. Mm. They learn this music without any stress. Now, how come physics is difficult then? If the student can learn, you call them Molodu. How come biology is difficult when they learn Bessé and they learn all these things without any stress? In one or two minutes, they've crammed all the songs and they are singing it for you. So I just look at, okay, fine, if you can Bessé. So I will sit down, observe them dance. I don't actually dance anyway, probably because of religion. I don't do all the songs, but I just tend to observe them. Okay, if they dance, they beat their legs like one, two, three, four, five times, and then they raise it up and stamp it like that. 
can this one be related to something in English language? And I said, okay, we can use to teach full stop and essay writing. Okay, when you are writing, how are you? How are you? You are dancing. Then when you go, that's the question mark there. So just relate <laughs> the reality to what you want to teach them and take them from there. You force their attention. Then they want to listen. They want to learn more. You tell them, okay, full stop. When you're writing your letter, your comma, comma, comma is when you are doing your able God dance. And then when you put the hit the full stop there, it's your best. So they can say, okay, your uncle is there. I just see, you know that stuff. <laughs> you have you have the stuff there now. They want to listen to you because your class is fun. Then I can now compose songs, write it, sing it in a way. They tell you, okay, uncle, that is your own old way of doing it. You can do it in a better way and put lyrics and put and put music and put um what do you call this popular song? All this um this uh, two face, not two face down. All this yeah, they will do and the rest. Okay, they say, okay, we can sing it better. So I give them the song. They will transform it to their own. And we enter class and yes, I hear something like, ba-da-da, mm-mm, And what, they have just, what I just did now is test of orals. So they know mm-hmm. all the sounds by just singing around it. And they are right on the board and I test them immediately. And if you cannot produce for the first sound, then you have not done anything. So when they enter class, you start hearing them hummering something like, ba-da-da, mm-mm, they are writing the sounds down and then they remember. And once you know the sound, you know what they sound like. You have just played about 50% of tests of orals. Yeah. Then grammatical names and functions. There are some difficult sounds, uh, difficult concepts. So we turn them to songs. So they just sing and dance around the whole thing. And then they remember it in the exam hall. So that, that's just the concept of music in a class. And then we can use game also to, to teach them other concepts too. Game, look at game, board game, chess game, to teach a lot of things. Just that, to add fun to class and make it memorable. Do you know what? That sounds oh, so that's awesome. really amazing. That sounds so awesome. Thank you. That is, you know what? Because even the way you're saying it, it makes sense. Could you just remember? Because you're 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 allowing them to do play through learning, really. Because when, when when you have young children, they go to nursery, you know, they said they were well, they said they're doing playing through learning. So that's just what you're doing with them, really. But that playthrough learning concept we just think is a nursery day de- is a nursery stage, but it's all the way through the education system. So it's very interesting. You know, one of the things that we want to do on here is just celebrate you and also really understand how you've been able to do certain things. So I found out about you through the um, Teachers Global Prize. I don't even know how I found it, but I don't know, I think I saw you on the show. I don't know, but I, I learned about you through that um foundation, um, Teachers Global Prize. Um, and you're you're okay. like one of the top 10 finalists. And ever since then I followed you on Instagram and you know, it was just I, 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 I just I just started following you and I, I listened to some of your videos and all that stuff. But first of all, let's talk to the teachers right now. You know, first of all, how did you feel when you was shortlisted? It was a great one. I mean, the experience was, I can't, I can't really explain. It was just a wow moment. I don't know whether you watched the part where they did the wow moment video, but one minute video of I was, I was uh, told that I made it to top 10 and yeah. I kept on shouting, wow, wow, yeah, wow, I wow. That, I never yeah, stopped. Yeah. I mean, on I couldn't stop saying day. wow. Yeah. So, I, I mean, each wow stood for something like, uh, when I started, when I decided to be a teacher, I never knew I would get to this level. Wow. I mean, when I was using entertainment in my classroom, yeah, nobody actually thought that I could go this far. 
wow. I mean, it was just a wow moment for me. It was just beyond me, I must tell you. It was far yeah. beyond me. And we have to go be the glory. And and just for any teachers listening or students listening, how do you become a finalist? Did you put yourself forward or did someone put you forward? Like, how did you become this like global sensation from, you know, from a school in Abuja? Like, how, how, how did it happen? Uh, no, um, every year Global Teacher Prize will always release the application form. You will tell your story and then out of all the, all the uh, submissions, Top 50 will be selected in the first round. Then well, we don't know what they do to the 50, but probably they subject it to further um, scrutiny, further judgment, and then 10 will emerge. So it starts from you submitting your application, telling your story in your own way, being real, because once you become top 10, or once you are already known to be in the top 10, yeah. uh, they will come to your country to come and see those things that you claim you are doing. Imagine I claim that I sing in my classroom and then they come and I'm like, sorry, I meant I didn't mean it that way. So they would, you just need to be real with your story. Then the judges will decide who will be in top 10. And then from there, you come to your country, then the top 10, among the top 10 now, the winner will emerge. Okay, they haven't picked a winner, have they? Oh yeah, the winner has emerged from oh. Um, India. Oh, India, okay, okay. Okay, His cool. name is Ranjit Sindhisali. Okay. A fantastic guy. Okay. Okay, and then, and then in the videos as well, I saw someone said that you would give the students money as well to do exams. Like, that is going beyond, yeah. like... Oh, sure, sure. Well, those ones, uh, at times you don't tell them in stories because of our religion. Uh, you have just done for humanity and then we believe that uh, God will pay you back. There are several times. Uh, you, you share what you have with them. Write them, there's rules, exam forms, and the rest. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. So what motivates you to do these things that you do? If I don't do it, I will fall sick. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm probably the fear, of, the fear of sickness anyway. But it's just me. I can't really see this just me. This is what I just do and I'm happy with. This is just what gives me fulfillment and joy. Seeing that, yes, you don't, uh, I'm just helping people to have education. Anyhow, I want to do it. Whatever sacrifice I want to offer, I just do it. And once I'm having results and you are smiling, education, basically, I think that's just my own joy. Currently, now, I mean, um, the Blair said something there that in UK you have this digitized classroom i mean almost fully digitized and currently i'm doing that in my own school where i want to put almost everything that is needed to have a digital classroom in my school and you know the more i do this the more joy i have the more i see my my dream coming to reality student coming in and having a taste of what it looks like to be in the uk or other countries i mean the more i do this the more joy i have the more lively i am i fall sick more during the holidays why I don't get to see my students to teach them. Oh. And uh, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> where are these guys? And when they call me, I mean, something something makes me smile all the time. You see me during the holiday, the last holiday now, I was online all through, just teaching and having some students joining me at the time. So it's just the joy of the job that mm-hmm. motivates me. Yeah. And also, like for me, I just think somebody must have touched your life 
to want to give back this way? Like, did you have great teachers growing up as well? Like, do you have any teacher that you remember that really impacted your life that you could tell us about? Yeah, and a number of them. But however, in reverse the case in this situation now, I really lack quality education. I lack excellent education. I mean, my school was another story entirely. If I tell you how we used to pass in between shrines to track to the school, the, the walls of the classroom were nothing to write home about. So I felt, okay, these things that I lack anyway, I want to give it back to the next generation. Uh, it will never be told that, yes, I passed through this generation and they passed through me and then they never had a taste of what we call quality education as far as God can help me. Yeah, fantastically, my English teacher, the one that taught me when I was graduating from secondary school, was a very wonderful one, Mrs. Timowo. Yes, tough in her own way, but yes, she was able to challenge me to becoming what, to, to become what I am today. And my CRK teacher, one woman that will always enter class the first day of resumption. I mean, she would never play with her own time. Mrs. Abodrin or something, I've forgotten her name. She will enter the class the same day. And then on like other teachers, two, three weeks, you are still waiting for them. And so many other like that. But much more was the fact that, yes, in my local environment, we lacked quality education. We lacked dedicated teachers as such. And I decided that, no, this is, it wasn't right at our time. It's never right at any time. And I'm going to give it to the next generation. Definitely. Okay, we're getting to the end of the conversation now, actually. But I wanted to three of us just to relax for a bit. When you're not teaching, Mr. Mokwefa, um, when you're not thinking about how to get your children up there and all that good stuff, what would you do for fun? You know, I promise that I will really look for something to do for fun before another this question will come <laughs> up again. Somebody had asked me this question and I, I looked at it, fun, 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 fun. Most of the time I play with my computer. That's if I'm really playing uh, with it. That is not fun. That's another word. Hey. <laughs> uh, what do I do for fun? Maybe I just, okay, I chat with friends. I make calls like this. Yes, I chat with friends. I In Abuja, I can't really say I have friends, physical friends like that. So I have most of my friends in the West here. So we chat tomorrow. We call, we talk on phone. Okay, so... I, I can't, sincerely, not really. I'm not really boring, but... Nothing fun. Nobody plays Scrabble so much around me, so I don't really get anyone to play Scrabble with me. Well, listen, but I'm not to be you still you still can't convince me that teachers aren't boring. I think teachers are boring. I'm not boring. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we saying that now. No, we are not boring. We are we are no, interesting like, our own way. Like like let's not lie here. If somebody the no. like English <laughs> students, English students, and I don't know whether maybe English literature students or English language students, they're supposed to be romantic. They're supposed to have crazy words. Like oh, we are, we are. I, I am actually. It's not literature. It's English. <laughs> oh, it's English. Yeah. So that could be an interesting fun thing about uh, no. How did you get your wife? Did you write her a poem? Oh, is, that, is that where we are going? I mean, you don't want to get there, right? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 let me. Okay, we're on air. I wouldn't say this to you anyway. But I got my wife. I mean, got my wife with poems. I mean, just my head. Oh, okay. I got her. Uh, I write poems. I yes, all those things I do. Yeah, I can be romantic, but I don't know. Is that well, I try, sir. If you really want boring. to get me, if you really want to get me, just give me a paper to start writing. But tell me you write poems, and we sit down together. We can spend three hours together analyzing poems and talking about it. Shakespeare's uh, poem, uh, any romantic uh, poem, especially. Okay, so that I, I I like that. Don't worry. Once the podcast blows, don't worry. We're gonna take you out. 
one of these days we'll take you out, have fun, relax, because boy, you deserve it. You deserve No it. problem. I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> you know what? One of the things that we want to ask some of the professionals that we bring on here is this very tough question, and I would love to hear your opinion on this. Yeah. I call it the jackpot question. Because everybody now, especially from a can I don't know, I just go online, I'll see Nigerians. They moved to Canada today. They're like, oh, as a Canadian citizen. I'm like, each other like, moves to Canada. So now you're a Canadian citizen. Remember, well, you didn't you know, just landed one day ago. But the, the, the question is, you know, if the opportunity came up or something happens, will you leave to go to UK, Canada or US? Or even Ghana <laughs> to yeah, Otogo. Otogo. <laughs> to to you know to pursue your career further. Would you leave or would you stay? Okay, let's let me put it like this way. I would like to pack my family <laughs> and take them there. Hold on now. Why <laughs> laughing? I mean, my brother just asked me the question today, and I went to greet him, and then we we're talking about my wife looking for an opportunity in Canada and the rest, and I said, Well, they should go. But I was need to come back to this country because I still have scores here. I still have. That's my what everybody says. That's the scope everybody said. I will come back. I'm coming. You are not coming back. No, 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 no. No. See, I'm not saying I am coming back as in like every other person. I still have mission. I have things to do here. However, my family. I mean, as we are talking now, if I have the opportunity of packing them now, I mean, as we are talking now, then loading them and then going. Automatically, I will do that. But after spend, and then I would like to also further my education, my education there, and then get better certificate than what we have here. But I think there's something about me and Nigerian education, basically, not because I want to come and repay anything, not me and the government. I don't have with them. But I would like to see school and come back. Uh, but my family shouldn't remain here, honestly. Um, Nigeria. I would like to be, them to become citizen. Yeah, I'm a Canadian citizen and other citizens that they mentioned. Why? Why is everybody doing this? You're all breaking my heart. But everybody... I'm so sorry. Everybody. We, we <laughs> need to come back and come and witness it firsthand please, yourself. Please, please, please. Leave me out of this. Eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if you... The last time we had a doctor on here and he said, he, ah, you will consider, right? Rebecca, like... But my opinion is, why is every if we if you all leave, you're living the place in the state. We, I'm a global oh, citizen anyway. So yeah, 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 we're all global. Yeah, global, so, global. so, so, so like, we, we can live. I didn't choose Nigeria. Nigeria chose me. So ah. oh. <laughs> I didn't choose no. But Rebecca, what, do you have anything to add? You're always like, yeah, gonna jackpot, gonna jackpot. Gonna jackpot, new. Well, you know, the thing is, because of the way Nigeria is, some days you just want to stay back and fight for your country. And sometimes you just want to be like, get, get me my luggage. You know what? I need to get out of there. So. <laughs> give me my visa. Give me my visa. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it's like a toxic relationship that we have with our country. But we love Nigeria. It's just, you know, we love our country. But let me just take a break. For like three years, you know. Oh, no, I no, hey, hey, now you're talking. Let me go for some time and come it's back. It's not easy. It's not easy here. Like in Nigeria, like okay, maybe I just talk from a perspective of you know, like my father, he lives in Nigeria. I feel like he sees more money than I do. I've, this part of the, you know, the way the system works here is that whatever you make goes back into the system. You work, 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 work. Even me, I haven't, I haven't bought a house, and I've been working De- for De- a long De- time. De- Let me 
let, let me paint the reality. Let me paint the reality. We have what's called basic needs, right? However, over there, you have all this easily. You can have healthcare very, you can access it easily there. You can access housing easily there. You don't need to provide for water and everything. Now, ask me uh -huh. in Nigeria, is there anything I don't provide for myself from my own pocket directly? Mm. Yeah, but I don't. Okay, let me let me be quiet. <laughs> no. I mean, even with stress, you don't even get talk of uh, electricity, talk of internet, talk of healthcare. Talk. Of, I mean, so a lot of crazy things. Now, my own problem is not I'm used to this, but what's going on with my child? I have with someone with your, own, with your own child now, and you can imagine the two worlds they belong to. I mean, imagine my child is talking to their own child now, and I'm talking about Nepal taking light. I'm inside the dark now. I mean, I have to walk out of my house to go to a church to hold this um, interview now. I mean, I borrowed someone's telephone. I just got mine now. I have to check back now. Coming to the house now, everywhere is dark. I mean, it's crazy at times. You just look at it as, no, I had grown through this. My children shouldn't go through the mm -hmm. same thing mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. used to it. As um, Rebecca said, we are used to it. We want to just, but let's stay out a while. Know what is happening there. If but you still love the country, we'll come back. You love it, but when you stay out, anyway, okay. The, well, let's just end with this. What I think is that everyone has this opinion of let me go, let me hustle, let me go and do this, and I'll come back. Or, or, but the thing is that you're just not going to be able to have best of both worlds. As not like me, I don't go to enjoy that often. My life is here. Do you understand? And also, I guess the bit where I'm so passionate about, even me, I'm like, I want to take my daughter to Nigeria so she can learn. Out here, you know, this old diversity, we can have a whole conversation about another day. It's a big deal. Like, even me, I had to, when I was like 18, 19, or when I went to uni and I was dating Nigerian men from Nigeria, that's when I started being more connected with Yoruba and Nigeria. Like, I just feel like it's so, as much as we want the comfortability, our identity is so much more important. And when we are here, it's sometimes, like, like even my daughter the other day, she said, when am I going to be white? I said, you're never going to be white. What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, you know, those kind of things are, are quite worrying. What we're working for in terms of our culture and pedigree is so big. I, and I just wish it could be celebrated more. And that's the reason why I really wish, you know, you know, Africa as a whole, and Nigeria, we can just build ourselves because we have so much to offer. Mm. Uh, for for me, That's I think that um, we we are already en route where we are going to. It's just um, it's taking longer than we thought. You know, um, we didn't we didn't start where we started from. Is not where we are. We have we have actually really gone far. The number of out-of-school children um, has kind of reduced, so we are getting more knowledge. There are lots of people returning back to Nigeria, especially people who have probably lived in the UK or in the US for close to 10, 20 years, and then realizing, oh my God, you know what, I should just go back home and all of that. So, um, But we would not ask people not to migrate. People will continue to migrate. People yeah, have been yeah. migrating from time, so... Uh, migrating is like something that uh, people love to do for me i i love to travel abroad to just take breaks say a week two weeks and all of that and i'm back to nigeria i mean i love this country but sometimes just take, take a break yeah. okay okay everybody <laughs> wants to talk about okay okay so and, and also the um the online community is not as much as the people who i mean how many people even online 
uh, planning to Jaguar. Sometimes we just use that slogan because it's it's like what's in vogue. Most of us don't really want to leave, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> right. We're getting to the end now. I feel like I can talk to the three of you the whole day. But Rebecca, do you want to ask um any last words from you? Any last questions from you? Yeah, I think that uh, Mr. Okwerifa is doing a great job for this country, putting uh, Nigeria on the map because, uh, I mean, India is the go-to place for education. It used to be the go-to place for health back in the day. But, um, you know, for Nigeria to also be on the map, Nigeria that we all keep saying uh, is the capital of poverty and all of that, but Nigeria is now um, on the map and being celebrated worldwide for even being on the list of uh, people to get um, world teachers world prize so it's really a great deal for me especially because I work in education so thank you so much uh, Mr. Okwepa this is um, it's really nice to be speaking with you um, I okay. hope that more teachers will begin to emulate you will begin to um, seek after the things that you do and they will even begin to do better, especially people or also NYSE. So people who are, are serving the country at this time as teachers. So I hope that they bring their A game into the profession, at least for the one year that they are doing. And uh, we, maybe we could just get this country um, to yeah. the next yeah. level as soon as possible. Thank you again. Thank you, definitely. Um, and um, um, yeah, welcome, Mr. Um, um, also. What I wanted to add as well, just to ask you as well, is you you had the knack to just be the this teacher that you are, right? What what would yes. be the number one career advice that you'd want to give upcoming teachers? Yeah. And it's a twofold question. And the second thing is, just in case some of your students listen to this, because I'm sure some of them are young and they're always online, they might just stumble on this. Do you have any, you know, any positive words for them? <laughs> okay, thank you so much. This is a great one, honestly. Um, let me start with my students. I would just like to tell them that do all you can to discover yourself very early. See, nothing brings fulfillment like discovering who you want to be and what you want to be and pursuing it. Now, you may not talk, we're not talking about money here, and we're not talking about what you're going to make at the end of the day, but the fact that you are happy with what you are doing is just the best. So discover yourself very early and be the best at it. Once you discover yourself, be the best at it. And for teachers, now, if you have chosen to be a teacher, you are not forced to do this job, you're not looking for any other job apart from this one, please give the students the quality education, especially those ones that you miss. I mean, look into the 21st century and make sure you are producing human beings in your classroom. Yeah. And for those who accidentally have found their ways into teaching, uh, please, in case you cannot cope anymore, please don't frustrate the system anymore. Work out. God bless you for coming. We appreciate you. Please work out. And, 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 and teachers, I must say personally, I say this to all teachers, um, using this position now to say, for teachers that have chosen to be teachers, thank you for being a teacher and you are highly celebrated. Mm, thank you. <laughs> but if you, if you think your liver cannot handle it anymore, just, just go. We don't want you. <laughs> Mm. oh wow it's it's been so great i've had a great time with you i'm sure rebecca has as well thank you so much for coming on we hope we can keep connected 
send me any message or anything let's just keep in touch but thank you so much for mm. um being no problem here. i will it's, it's, it's a wonderful time with you guys there yeah. honestly yeah. you just made my evening yeah, welcome, yeah i'm glad and this um, is one of the things i do for fun yeah, it's really fun chatting. It's really fun. It's really fun chatting. But yeah, thank you guys for listening to Corporate Heart of Africa. Make sure you share and listen to the episode. Once again, uh, Mr. Ola Sukumi of Wefa. Thank you for being on Corporate Heart of Africa. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>